podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHBACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Don't go dependable. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Tonight I'm joined by Liverpool, or, uh, the Liverpool Echoes lead LFC correspondent James Pierce. James, thanks very much for uh, coming on and having another chat with us. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Not at all. Good, good to have you back. I know you've you've always been a good man to give us some of your time, so we appreciate it. Um, listen, I suppose we'll we'll jump right into it because there's a number of things I want to uh, to chat to you about tonight. Um, firstly. Let's 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 have a quick chat about the game at the weekend. I've, I've only had a chance to to look at the, I suppose, a, a recap of it because I was I was in the air when when the match was on, so I didn't get to watch it live. Um, but what were your thoughts from the game from from what you saw over the weekend? A, a very good, solid win in my opinion. But uh, you you were at the match, were you? I was. Yeah, I was uh, down at Vicarage Road, and yeah, I think in a way it was kind of in keeping with the Liverpool we've seen so far this season. It was. And they they got the job done. They were really well organised and resilient. Um, you know, when they when they had to, they dug deep uh, and refused to get bullied like like they have done down at Vicarage Road a couple of times in recent years, and um, and then stepped it up and and did enough to to wrap up the points. You know, the, the first half was virtually a non-event to be honest. I think it was one of them games where you, it gets to like thirty five, forty minutes, and you've You've barely even made a note. It was it was pretty dour stuff. But then, just before half time, Liverpool started to up the tempo a little bit. And then, um, I think what was probably most impressive is once once the goal did arrive, you never ever sensed that the result was in any doubt. And I think you know that's probably the, the big development we've seen in this Liverpool team: the fact that they, they just look so solid as as a unit. Um, the Watford never had a chance at one nil, and then um, you know once once Trent curls in that free kick, you know the game's over, and and then obviously the third goal at the end is is just a bonus. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very different feeling, isn't it? As a Liverpool fan, not not probably since the days of of Rafa Benitez have we been able to have such confidence. And it doesn't mean every game will play out that way. Of course, there'll be there'll be goals conceded when we're we're not expecting them to be, be they from set pieces or or against the run of play. But this really is a Liverpool side now that you feel that if they get a goal in front, it's going to be really really difficult for the opposition, regardless of who they are, 
to come back into the game. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I think you know you you even I know obviously Alison Becker has made a big difference since he came in in the summer, but he hasn't he hasn't actually had an awful lot to do really. I think you know he had he had one save to make on on Saturday and it was it was a decent stop at nil nil, but it, for the most part he, he's getting protected brilliantly. Um, you know I think obviously a big part of that is having a, a relatively settled back four and obviously. Uh, Joe Gomez missed out on the weekend, but to have, to be able to bring in a centre half who's played in a Champions League final and a World Cup final in the past six months isn't isn't a bad situation to to be in. And yes, yeah, that that's been a, a a drastic transformation. You know, I was sat there on Saturday thinking, you know, it was not far off three years exactly since Liverpool took an absolute pasting down at Vicarage Road in the early months of Klopp's reign and. Back then, you know, Liverpool not only did look so vulnerable defensively, but you could pretty much bully them right through the the, the spine of the team. Then, um, you know, that day was pretty bleak. I think bogged down through one in after a few minutes, and Skirtle got absolutely tormented by Igalo. And and even last season, you, you think of you know Liverpool threw away two points there because they couldn't defend properly because they couldn't soak up pressure. Um, they didn't have that composure and and calmness as, as a defensive unit. Um, and, and that's been the, yeah, the, 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 the kind of the greatest achievement of, of Klopp. And, 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 you know, in terms of over the course of this year that, that he has really firmed things up. And you know, obviously Virgil van Dijk has been absolutely key to that because, uh, you know, he, he just oozes such class and composure that I think that rubs off on, on players around him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think one of the things, because as you said, Alisson hasn't had a huge amount to do. Um, but I think one of the things he does is maybe the the parent and the stabilizers effect. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, kids learning to ride their bike, you know, they take the stabilizers off, and because they think dad or mum are there, they they they're less likely to fall off the bike from probably from a mental point of view. No, no less physically likely to fall off it. But that back four has the the impression that if something does get past them he's there and they trust him implicitly to to deal with whatever that situation might be and probably one of the best things that could have happened to him was the early season mistake against Leicester because he learned a valuable lesson in a game you know that 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 ultimately you know was was early enough in the year for it to happen and and it's probably less likely to happen as the season goes on now yeah, and, and you know he, he's just a, a commanding presence, isn't he? I think in the same way as when Carius was in goal in the second half of la- last season, you could you could almost sense that unease at times, both you know in in terms of the the understanding and communication with players around him, but also you know amongst supporters in the stands. Now it's the absolute opposite. You know, you teammates have got that belief in the fella behind them. Um, that, you know, he's, you know, again, he didn't have an awful lot to do on Saturday, but what he did do well was, you know, he, he, you know, he is such a, a, a composed presence in terms of the ball at his feet. And then when, you know, coming for high balls when he, he does need to. And yeah, that, that just, that just rubs off on players around him, doesn't it? I think, uh, he's just a, a world class goalkeeper and it's, it's been a long, long time since Liverpool have been able to say they've got one of those. Yeah, absolutely. It's a self-belief, isn't it? And, and, and another man who, who you've been chatting to recently, or, or a couple of people I want to bring up, probably both of them, um, full of self-belief is, is I'll, I'll touch on Andy Robertson first and then come on to Zerdan Shakiri. Um, 
Andy Robertson just has a, he has a, a calmness and a self-assured, um, approach to how he plays the game and, and probably how he is as a bloke, be it in the pub with his mates or at home with his family. He just has that level-headedness, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And, you know, and I think that stems from the, the kind of the, the, the journey he's been on to, to get to where he is. I think, you know, he, you know, when, when he, he hasn't had that kind of journey to the top, you know, where he's, you know, everything's been done for him and he's been in the academy system and very pampered, you know, I think, you know, he's had to fight for everything to get where he was, you know, from the disappointment of being released as a teenager by Celtic because they felt he was too small. And then, you know, from working in the offices at Hampden Park when he was playing part time for Queen's Park and then, you know, Dundee United Hull, it's, you know, it's, it's not it's not been easy for him, you know, and he's had to scrap and and fight for everything. And you can just the great thing about Andy Robertson is you you just can see how much it means to him to to play for Liverpool. And it, you know, I, I spoke to him on the weekend about a number of subjects, but one of them was, you know, because I remember in the summer he was talking about trying to handle that greater expectation level on him this season because he said you know, he, he felt like when he came into the side of last season, people didn't really expect that much. Um, and he, he said he, you know, he felt like he couldn't really lose. And he said, you know, because he then played so well in the second half of last season, he knew that people would be expecting big things from him. But, you know, I think the, the biggest tribute you could pay him so far this season is that he's he's well and truly lived up to that. I, I gave him man of the match on Saturday. I thought he was sensational, both defensively and, and going forward. And, yeah, I think that epitomised him, the role he played in the third goal. Because when you think... You know, it, it, well, we're not far off the 90th minute, and and Liverpool are down to 10 men. Yet your left back is is absolutely, you know, busting the ball, giving it absolutely everything to to win a win a 50-50 on halfway, and then tear down the, the wing and and pull it back for Mane, who you know obviously shot the save, and Firmino tucks away the rebound, and yeah, he's he's just a great a great fellow, Andy Robertson, you know just as popular in the dress room as he is um with uh, with the supporters um and he's you know he's, he he just goes from strength to strength i think you know nothing nothing seems to phase him no absolutely and and, and like you say there nothing phases him he he has had a very tough journey to make it to where he is but he also doesn't strike you as a player who's a who's a deer in the headlights feeling like he doesn't belong there i, th- I think he he comes across as a guy who feels i've absolutely killed myself to get to this level and I deserve to be here. I don't, he doesn't come across in any way cocky or, or, um, overly, um, let's, let's say pushy towards his place in the team. Um, but he does come across as somebody who, who really does believe in his own ability and, and his ability to, or his, his, his worthiness, um, for his place in the team. Yeah, and, and and rightly so. I think anyone who's achieved what he has over the course of, of 2018 should should have plenty of self belief, you know, to 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 go from where he was to to then walking out in a Champions League final and, and finding himself as 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 captain of Scotland as well. You know, it's it's been a been been an unbelievable calendar year for him. And um, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, some some players may be in his position. With with kind of his backstory might have been a bit overruled by things, but you know I think he just he just saw it the other way that you know this you know Jurgen Klopp has bought me for a reason. He clearly believes in me. This this is what I've wanted all those years when I was scrapping away in relegation battles and in in, in lower lower teams. 
you know, fighting for everything. This, this is, this is the culmination of, of all my efforts to, to get this far. And yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's just, he's just an absolute breath of fresh air, really, with, you know, in, in modern football, you hear, you know, the footballers often get a, you know, a, quite a few horror stories, isn't there, about you know, the, the the motivation of some players and their antics and all the rest of it and things go that go on off the pitch. Yet he's just he's just an absolute model pro, you know, very very low maintenance for for Jurgen Klopp. Um, and when you when you think what was he ten million quid off off Hull, uh, I think you're talking now about a player who's probably worth four or five times that at least. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And and you then spoke with um with Shakiri as well, uh, recently, who who similarly comes across as a as a guy who is absolutely loving being at Liverpool, but with a very different um very different backstory and 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 uh, group group of clubs that he's been with before he's he's landed with us. And still still a, a relatively young bloke, you know, still with the prime of his career in front of him. Yeah, he, you know, he is, and I, I think I think the thing that's probably probably struck me most about Shakiri uh, since he's been at Liverpool, aside from just how media friendly he is, he, he, uh, he he's not shy of doing an interview, which is absolutely brilliant for us lads because uh, it's a he's a he's a kind of a fresh face to speak to, and he's he seems more than happy to stop after most games for a chat. Um, but I think I think that is just a sign of how much he's he's loving life at Liverpool. I think. Um, you know, I must admit he's kind of proved me wrong so far. You know, I, I, I thought he would only be a bit part player, um, but you know his contribution has been such that that he's 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 walking into that starting lineup at the moment and deserve, deservedly so because you know I think he's given Liverpool creatively wise something that they just haven't had when he he hasn't been involved this season. And I think I think the big thing with Shakiri is. He he knew that realistically this was his last chance at a, at a really elite club. Um, you're right, you know he touched upon his backstory there. It's a you know, it's a bit of a strange journey really from you know absolute you know prodigy really at, at Basel and the success he had there and the, the big move to Bayern Munich, which you know initially was working out pretty well and you know he was part of a squad that obviously won the won the Champions League and then it was under Guardiola where. You know his chances dried up at Bayern, and things didn't work out at Inter. And I think I think when he ended up at Stoke, you thought, you know, God, something's gone a bit wrong there for him to to end up at Stoke. And three years there, I think you know it was he must have been fearing for for exactly where his career was heading after such early promise. He had a very he had a very good chance of becoming another Bojan. You know, I know they were there even at the same time, but you know, he, you know, it is, it is this move that has, he's probably just come to the, to the right club at the right time with the right manager. And I, I didn't get to read the, the article, um, that, that, that you did with him, but did he touch on the, um, just because I was away, but, but did he touch on the fact that he wanted to be at Liverpool when that Inter Milan transfer was happening? You know, because there was a lot of talk about it when he was leaving Bayern at the time. Yeah, not in this particular one, but yeah, I have spoken to him about that in, in previous interviews and yeah, he, um, he, he made it clear that he, you know, he'd have loved to have, have joined Liverpool, uh, back, back at that time, but that, that Bayern, uh, actually blocked, blocked the move when that, that year when, uh, the Brendan Rodgers was, was in for him. Um, so, you know, I think once he knew that Liverpool were back interested again this summer, um, it, it, it was, it was a no brainer for him. And I think at the, the, the fee involved made it a no-brainer for Liverpool. I think, 
I think the question mark against Shakiri was w- would his attitude and his work ethic be right? Would he be willing to to do off the ball what um, you know what Klopp wanted and, and probably things that he's never really been asked to do in his career before? And so far, the you know the answer's been a, a resounding yes. I think, you know, he, and he's got a he's got a great kind of arrogance to him. You know, he's obviously a very different personality to Robertson, who we were talking about before. I think, you know, where maybe some players would play things down. You know, I think he, he, some of his quotes after the game on Saturday was you know, he was asked about the title race, and you kind of assume that players will, will play it down, say, you know, it's too early to be talking about that, blah blah. But Shakiri. No, no, Shakiri was like, we're going to be there to the end. You know, uh, he said, he said, you know, when you win games like this, like we have done here today, this proves we're going to be fighting right to the end. And the, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. But a, a title winning side or a title they, they need that. They need that sort of, uh, you know, charisma and they need that personality in around the changing room as well, don't they? To, to, to maybe push the other lads on that might, might be a little bit more reserved and haven't been in that position before. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the way that Shakiri is, the, the, the higher the stakes get over the course of the season, the more he'll absolutely relish being out there and, and being part of it. You know, that's the kind of guy he is. And, you know, a few weeks ago, we were talk, talking to him before the the trip to Belgrade, and there wasn't, you know, he he kind of looked amazed at the thought that why would I not want to play there, you know, despite everything that would have come his way, and obviously Klopp decided to take him out of the firing line for for that trip, but you know, make mo- no mistake, he wanted to be out there. He would have he would have really embraced being in those surroundings um, because you know, that's that's just that's just him, you know, he 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 he's quite. Content being the, the centre of attention, he's quite content having a huge amount of pressure on his shoulders because it's um, you know it, people expect a lot from him, but he also expects a, a huge amount from himself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and like you say, has has made himself a, a key element of the side now. It's it's looking like we, we've had to adopt a formation to um, bring him into the side or or keep him in the side whilst keeping that front three involved as well. And 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 it looks like it's starting to to adapt and 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 be something that we can we can revert to during the season when when the personnel is right. Yeah, I mean that was the interesting thing on Saturday for me—the fact that Klopp did actually stick with the four-two-three-one because obviously before that it had, it had largely been just in home games against limited opponents, and you know that it was the—I I was glad he stuck with it. I, I must admit, I thought he would be—I thought he was going to go back to the four-three-three and, and and look for solidity, and, and maybe and maybe Shakiri might have had to settle for a cameo role on the weekend, but. I, th- I think it's just a sign of how well Shakiri has done that, that Klopp has decided, you know, I, I have to find room for him. And, you know, we, we saw, didn't we? I think it was a Southampton home game where, you know, he, he played him almost as, as the, the, the more advanced one of the three centrally in midfield. Klopp, Klopp obviously decided that day that he, he abandoned that experiment at half time and, and Shakiri was pretty harshly substituted. But he, he seems to have decided that the, the, obviously the best, the best way of fitting the front three and Shakiri in his in his lineup is is having Shakiri on the right and certainly on Saturday at, at Watford even during that dour opening 35 40 minutes there was only one player who was creating anything or making anything happen on the pitch and that was Shakiri because you know he just just his his quality of delivery from 
and the, you know the weight of the passes he's able to to put on. And you know, of course, I think he's he's also relishing playing with you know, better players as well compared to what he's had to rub shoulders with for the last three seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 we we move on, I suppose. Then to I know you're getting ready to probably fly over in the morning or in the afternoon to uh, to Paris, and um, that's that's going to be an interesting trip, not just from a, a football point of view, but from what's going on out on the streets there at the moment. So um, it'll it'll be interesting to see does that affect anything tomorrow night. But what have you heard so far in terms of, or have you heard anything so far in terms of team news or where where what Klopp's likely to go with tomorrow night? Is it likely to be more of the same from what we saw at the weekend? Yeah, I suppose the, the the one big thing is that Sadio Mane has been been hampered by illness for the last twenty four hours. So um, that's that's one that that Klopp's waiting on at, at the moment. Um, it's Liverpool's Liverpool's plans and preparations for this game are slightly different from a normal European game because initially they were going to hold a training session in the Parc de France on the on Tuesday evening. Um, you know, I think as most people know, for, for European games, one of the UEFA requirements is that the opening 15 minutes of a training session have to be open um, for media, mainly so photographers and, and TV cameras can get some footage. Um, now, for this one, Klopp has decided that um, they're not going to have now a, a session at the Parc de Prince on Tuesday night. They're actually going to uh, train at Melwood 11 o'clock on, on Tuesday morning, which, which to be fair, they, they, they were going to do that anyway, but the difference is now that will actually be the session that they open up to the media for the first 15 minutes and then I think he's decided that rather than having a light session in uh, in Paris in the evening that rather than dragging his whole squad right across Paris and they they'd just be better off um staying in their in their base in the in the city so uh so yeah it, it was going to be Klopp and Mane doing the press conference which isn't till 6:45 I think it is UK time on the on Tuesday night at the Parc de Prince but um Obviously, now that is dependent on on whether Mane uh, is able to travel. I think Liverpool don't fly till early afternoon Tuesday, so you know they'll be they'll be giving him every chance to to prove his fitness for this one because you know I think Liverpool needs Sadio Mane. I think it's that kind of game where you know I think the the real promising well you know the promising thing for me on the weekend, especially with the manner of the third goal, was the pace and how incisive Liverpool were on the counter and. I think that's going to be that's going to be massive over there because PSG, by their nature, will will you know they it's a big game for them. They will chase it. Liverpool will certainly get opportunities to to break, and um, you know it's about making that count. And certainly, you want the pace of Mane out there. Absolutely, and and you know what? Don't don't get me wrong on this. Of course, we want Sadio Mane, but it, yet again, it, it proves that we really are building a, a squad of players because you know last season we lose Mane, we really have no backup. This season we lose Mane. You're probably looking at us reverting to a four-three-three, um, with Shakiri going into that front three uh, alongside Bobby and 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 Mo. And you're looking at probably Fabinho or Milner or somebody coming in and and probably making that a more compact and and defensive midfield. Not everybody's cup of tea, but what I mean is we have options there. Whereas last season it would have been an absolute disaster to lose somebody like Sadio Mane. Yeah, oh, absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, and I think I think I think he probably would have reverted back to four three three anyway. I think you know I think even I I would have been I think I'll, well, I will be surprised if, if Mane is fit. I'd, I'd be amazed if he if he did if he did go with the, the same system that he played at Watford. I, I think 
in this type of game, I, I, I think it'll, it'll, he will go for the, you know, the kind of midfield you talked about there. I think, I think Henderson will play probably, you know, one, one reason clearly is obviously he's suspended for the Merseyside derby on Sunday. Um, and then it, whether it's, whether he goes for Wijnaldum and Milner in there as well, or, or obviously Fabino is another option. Cater, obviously, um, although, you know, obviously a lack of, a lack of match action for him of late. But yeah, I think you're right. If Mane does miss out, then, then clearly Shakiri is one of the front three is the, is the, is, is the kind of obvious solution. Yeah, fair enough. Listen, that, that, that leads me into something because you, you, you've, you've mentioned, uh, Keita and, and, and Fabino there. Um, Something I've seen with 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 some of your colleagues and and a, a fair amount of uh, abuse probably thrown their way uh, in relation to to the comments made about Keita and Fabinho and and maybe Liverpool not getting let's say their money's worth out of them so far this season. Um, what's what's your feelings? Because I think sometimes they can be taken out of context, or sometimes it can just be a person's personal opinion, and we're all we're all entitled to them. But what's what's your feeling on? Liverpool's situation with Keita and Fabinho so far, or, or or what's your take on on the the article that was that was that came out from the Echo? Uh, I don't know which which article was that. Was that written by me or written by a colleague? Or no, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. No, 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 no. Yeah, and sorry, I'm just off the top of my head now. I'm trying to I'm trying to think who it was. I don't think it was Neil actually. Um, I think it was one of the other guys. But they basically just said um, that that ultimately Liverpool hadn't. You know, it was time for time for Keita and Fabinho to step up. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, I, 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 I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether I wrote that or not. But I'm, I'd certainly yes, yeah, yeah. But no, I think. I, you know, I, I think we, I did a podcast last week where we were talking about this run of games that Liverpool are on. I think Saturday marked the start of, a, of eleven in the space of forty days, and I, I think you kind of look, you looked at the squad and thought, where does Klopp need need more? Who needs to start producing more for for Liverpool to to really get through this period and still be serious contenders um, for the Premier League? And I think. There was probably three players for me. One was Roberto Firmino. I felt has had a really quiet start to the season. Um, yeah, I thought he looked he looked much sharper, much more involved um, at Watford on on the weekend. And, and then the other two, two obviously, a Cater and Fabino. Just because I think I think there was such a buzz around their signings, um, and we I just we haven't seen the best of them yet. And and I think I think that it's no great surprise. I think it was pretty clear from the first few friendlies in pre-season that um, that Fabino would be a, a long-term project. Just the way that Klopp was talking about him in terms of the difference, the contrast in styles between the way Liverpool and Monaco play. Klopp felt that you know he he would be, he would need a significant amount of time to make that. Uh, adjustment. You know, I remember watching friendlies where he'd be, you know, be screaming at Fabino to be playing five yards further up the pitch, and then you know to move the ball a bit quicker when he had it. Um, so you know that's been a work in progress. I thought Fabino had a couple of really good games before the international break. Um, you know, one difficult one down at Arsenal, but I thought he played well against Fulham uh, just before the break. Um, and then yeah, Cater is had a strange season I think so far because obviously. Really impressive debut against West Ham on the opening weekend. Um, and I think he did, did pretty well against Palace as well. And then, for whatever reason, you know, he hasn't hasn't quite been able to kick on. Obviously, injuries have have held him back. You know, he had that that back spasm that meant he went to hospital in Naples. The the hamstring injury he suffered playing for Guinea. Um, 
So yeah, and uh, just because I think also you, and it's nothing, it's, it's nothing to do with, you know, th- these are, are two kind of players who have uh, recently joined the club. So you, you're kind of picking on them because they're easy targets or whatever. I think it's just, they're clearly two such gifted players um, who came with massive price tags that we, that we haven't really seen that much from so far. And, and clearly, you know, it's, and, it, and it's nothing to do, you know, I, I know some people say, Oh, there's favoritism towards the English players or to Henderson or to Milner or whatever. And it's just absolute nonsense that, I mean, the fact of the matter is Klopp watches them all train every single day at Melwood and he didn't find room for Cater or Fabino in his, in his side at Watford. And, you know, that's because he picked what he felt was the strongest possible 11. Um, and, and people these days don't seem to have any patience, do they? I think, you know, Klopp, when he was asked about both of them at Melwood last week, seemed a bit bemused by it because, you know, his his message had always been, you know, we, we bought these two for on five-year contracts, not for five weeks or, or five months. And I think those those two will, will definitely have a big, big part to play this season. But for, for various reasons at the moment, they're not commanding a, a regular start. Yeah, like, I, and I think just just to just to go in on 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 that, uh, I think it's probably come James from from the likes of some of the pieces who which have come out say um, maybe saying that Lalana is being made a scapegoat, and you know then then I think it was Ian Doyle did did, did a piece. I, I could be wrong on that, but I think it was Ian did a piece uh, at the weekend um, after Henderson was sent off, um, and and. Some people, and I'm only going by, you know, what you see online. I, I don't, I don't feel it myself. I've never felt, you know, some people feel there's even a, a racist tone to, to what the Echo are doing. And, and, you know, the white English players like Henderson, like Milner, like Lalana get off lightly. Uh, there's an excuse always found for them when something goes wrong. And then you've, you've, you've got, you've got two, you know, you've got Danny Sturridge who maybe gets a bit of stick, you know, because he's of, of a different skin color. You know, and, and that's me just putting it to you and being honest about what, what you see online. I, I, I don't feel it myself, but I, I'd still be interested in getting your views on it. No, I'd, I'd say that's a pretty outrageous allegation, to be honest, that, uh, certainly I, I've never written anything, uh, judged on anything apart from what I see with my own eyes. And I can assure you that no one else at the Echo, uh, does that, does that either. I think. Yeah, some people see what they want to see, don't they? I think, you know, I, I got, I got told I was a racist when I, when I wrote a few years ago that Mamadou Sako had been sent home from Liverpool's tour of America due to, uh, due to, uh, breaking club rules repeatedly and, you know, called every name under the sun and, I remember the day it happened and, and I remember the man that said it to you as well. So, so, uh, I was the first one to say it to you. So yeah, no, listen, it's, that, that, that was ridiculous and, and proved to be, Absolutely bang on the money and, and your reporting proved to be exactly what you said it was when, when everybody else was trying to find many different excuses. And, and unfortunately, it's a big part of our, our fan base at the moment, whereby it's about having favorites and it's about defending the player you like at all costs and, and, you know, attacking the, the player you don't like, regardless of how well they've played. And, and it's funny because in my opinion, some of the same people who come out and say that about the Echo, and I'm not here to defend the Echo or, or champion you guys. I get on well with you and, and speak with you regularly and, and always find you very honest and upfront. But, you know, it's funny that they ultimately are doing the exact thing that they, they claim the Echo are doing, but just, but just in reverse, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I just find it all a bit bizarre, really. This, I think it's a very modern thing that, 
people are entrenched in their opinions that someone is either an absolute world beater or they're absolutely useless. And then any, any little grain of, of evidence they can cling to to support their, their opinion that they will not waver from, they, 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 they then cling to that for, for all it's possibly worth. So yeah, I, I struggle to get my head around it, to be honest. I mean, I, you know, Jordan Henderson's probably the best example of that. I mean, when I tweeted on when I tweeted on the weekend that he'd been sent off, you know, I noticed that you know within about three minutes I had 120 replies to it, and I started, yeah, I started, you know, and you got you know, you got Liverpool, Liverpool like going for the league title, and you've got 50, 60 replies straight away from people celebrating the fact that the captain has just been sent off, and it's um, or abusing the captain. You know, it, I just I, I I struggle to to get my head around that. I mean. It, 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 People can, I, I can, I can completely understand. It's that's what makes football, that's, you know, keeps us all in jobs because there's always so much to talk about and people have different opinions. But um, yeah, I, I do struggle to get my head around this idea that that Jordan Henderson is uh, is, is somehow not worthy of a of a place in at Liverpool. You know, let's let's not forget Jurgen Klopp gave him a you know a new long term contract what two three months ago. Um, so you know that shows how highly he rates him. You know, you, you look at every every manager that that he's played for, whether it's for for England or or Liverpool, as re, as repeatedly selected him. You know, the the argument to that the argument to that is always he gave Simon Mignolet a new four or five year deal when uh, within four months of him coming in. But you know, I've always felt that that was probably in the offing and had been agreed in advance of him coming in. I, I don't know if that's the case, but I've heard people, you know, that, that argument has been thrown out there that he, if he rated Henderson so highly, you know, and, and gave him a contract, then, then why did he give Mignolet a contract? The people don't seem to feel it, it actually bears a lot of weight. Yeah, I wouldn't go along with that. No, not the fact that also the fact that Jordan Henderson's still wearing the captain's armband more than three years after Klopp arrived. I think, I think that's, that's probably long enough for, for Klopp to, to get to grips with A, whether, he thinks Henderson is a good enough footballer to take Liverpool where they want to get to and be whether he's a a decent enough leader. Um, so I think I think the fact that he's he's still at Liverpool, he's still getting picked for games like Saturday, um, and the fact he's still the captain um, speaks volumes. I mean, you know, what, what he did on Saturday was was needless and kind of was you know the one kind of black mark on the afternoon really. Um, you know, completely lost his rag, needlessly picked up a, a second yellow. Um, and, you know, he didn't have his best game on Saturday. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't shy away from, from, from saying that whatsoever. But, um, yeah, I just, I just find it all a, a, a bit bizarre. And in the, in the same way as, you know, it's, you know, I've, I've it's, you, you see it with, with Fabino. There's been games where Fabino's played and, yeah, I thought he's, you know, he's, he's done okay. And yet, some, some those who have decided that Fabino is the best thing since sliced bread have will will jump on it and 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 say that you know this is exactly why Fabino has to start week in week out from now on. When the reality is, with the schedule Liverpool have got, you know, both Henderson and Fabino are going to be absolutely crucial if if this team is going to achieve what we want them to achieve this season. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, for 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 me. 
I stopped caring about what team. Like Jordan Henderson is a player I actually like, and and he's the club captain. It wouldn't bother me if he didn't play another game this season, as long as we got enough wins to win the league. It, you know, it's beyond about what eleven players go out. It's it's about the performance and the result, and and really that's all that matters to me at this stage, personally. Um, in that, in 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 saying that, then you know we look at 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 Naby Keita, we look at Allison, we look at Fabinho all coming in this summer, and then we tie. Sadio Mane down to a five-year deal at the weekend with 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 uh, Salah and and uh, Firmino already having signed them. Liverpool is you would feel, and, and I suppose yet again there'll always be criticism in what we say in these interviews and, and and what we say on on social media because we lost Philip Coutinho less than a year ago to Barcelona. But you do kind of feel that Liverpool are in a stronger position yet again to hold on to their top players unless that player really really wants out. Yeah, well, I think you know, players want two things, don't they? Really, when you boil it all down, you know, it's it's people are you know either motivated by money or, or glory, or you know, most of them want a, a combination of the two. And I think you know now, far too often in the last ten years, Liverpool haven't been able to keep hold of their best players because players had their heads turned by the prospects of winning more elsewhere. Um, and I think you know, I remember talking to Klopp about this a few years ago in terms of, you know, he was more than aware that, that Liverpool had suffered from this talent drain where players were reaching their peak and, and then and then moving on. And, you know, obviously it happened with with Alonso, it happened with Mascherano, it happened with, you know, Torres, maybe a you know, slightly different scenario because, you know, some people would argue he was already well past his best by the time he did leave Liverpool because of the injuries. Um, and then obviously Suarez and, and Coutinho and some would probably even throw Raheem Sterling into the mix as well. Um, but yeah, you know, once Coutinho went in January, Klopp said then, you know, don't, don't think that this is going to be replicated. You know, he, he felt that, that was very much a one-off with the emotional bond that, that Coutinho had with Barcelona and, and that, you know, he, he's been on this, this mission to, to, to make Liverpool into a club where people will actually Commit their best years of their careers too, and I think the big thing for me is you look at the age of that of that front three Liverpool have got now, and I think what Fabinho's twenty seven, Salah's twenty six, Mane's twenty six, um, they've all signed new five year deals in the last what six months, which which you know should mean that they spend their peak years at Liverpool, and for those players we mentioned before, the likes of Suarez and Alonso and Mascherano and Coutinho, that didn't happen, you know they. They were all moving on at the age of 25, 26. So, um, that is massive for Liverpool. And, you know, it shows what Klopp has achieved so far. You know, Liverpool aren't exactly where he wants them to be because, like the supporters, he wants them to be, to be winning big prizes. But, you know, I think that run to the Champions League that final last season and the way in which Liverpool have started this season, you know, I think that it just shows the, the, the kind of how that reputation has been enhanced and, Players now think that do you know what I actually can achieve my dreams by by staying here. I don't I don't need to to move on and because you know they, they, and you know now Liverpool are in a position where very very few clubs I think who could even think about taking a player off them that that Liverpool uh, that want to keep hold of. Yeah, you you feel like the you know you feel like the board aren't necessarily going to be out muscled financially any longer um, when it comes to putting the right deals on the table um, for their key players. So then it comes down to whether the player really agitates for a move as. 
Coutinho did as Suarez did. And, and, you know, there was, there was talk of, of quotes from Suarez there recently. What, what did, what did you make of, of, of those? Which quotes were they? Uh, I, I think there was, I think there was talk, um, and, and I, you know, I've, I've heard different things. I've, I've tried to find them myself and, and they've been tough to find, but I've seen a lot of talking going on about, uh, him possibly saying, you know, he was, he was looking at, uh, coming, coming back to possibly Liverpool. Now, I don't know how real they were. I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything necessarily attributed to, to those from, from a newspaper. Yet again, it's been more social media talk of how he was talking about the possibility of, of coming back to Liverpool. It might have just been, you know, yourself, the usual stuff where people are, are, are sort of yanking the chain and hoping that, that people will bite and, 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 and get in, get onto it. But I don't know if you'd heard anything, you know, behind the scenes perhaps where, where, um, talk of that might have been happening. No, no, I must admit that's, that's, that's news to me. No, I'm not aware of any, uh, any interviews or quotes he's done relating to that. I mean, you know, it was, I would, I'd absolutely love to see Luis Suarez back at, at Liverpool one day, but, um, I must say, I, I think it's probably pretty unrealistic. What is he now? 31. 31, 32. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I can't really. It would need to happen. It would need to happen this season or this summer coming at the very latest, really, to get anything worthwhile out of me. You would feel, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I just don't see that one happening. To be honest, I think, um, yeah, I, I think I think we can definitely rule that one out. Do you see anything in the Dembele situation? You know, because it's all the talk of Dembele and and and, and Christian uh, Christian Pulisic. Um, you know what, what's what's your thoughts on on that? You know, people are talking about seventy million for him in the summer, not Dembele for Pulisic, and and you know, you're looking at a kid that's not getting in the team at the moment. That's no disrespect to him, but he's only going to have twelve months left on his contract come come June, and people are still talking about seventy million quid for him. Yeah, I I I I think that's a pipe dream to think that someone's going to pay. That kind of fee for a for a player who you're right hasn't hasn't commanded a you know a, a place week in week out this season and, and his and his contract is is running down so um, you know if, if if Dortmund I think Dortmund already said haven't they they're, they're not there's no chance that they'll sell him in January um, but clearly if that contract situation continues that they'll have to cash in next summer but yeah seventh I would I just don't <laughs> just don't see him. As a seventy million pound footballer, to be honest, I know I know the trans the transfer market in general has obviously absolutely gone bonkers in the last you know twelve to eighteen months or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I I can't if if I, I don't I don't know whether that story that I saw today about was genuine about that being the asking price. But I must admit, I I, I thought for for someone of his uh, kind of age and, and caliber and contract situation, I, I thought the fee would have been kind of nearer forty million. Um Yeah, you're looking at half that probably, aren't you? Like yeah, down to thirty five million sort of which is bananas when you think you're getting a bargain at that for a kid who's really not proved himself. But but yeah, it's No, no. I mean I mean there's no there's no doubt Klopp is a huge admirer of his. You know, he um he, he was brilliant when he played against Liverpool in I think it was Charlotte on the pre season tour of America back in Back in July, scored two goals that day. Um, I think Klopp joked afterwards that, uh, you know, about, you know, talked about, you know, I, I wasn't aware that, that Dortmund were, 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 there was a market to try and buy him, but, um, you know, he, he didn't hide his admiration for him. I think, you know, obviously Klopp was there when Pudisic first joined Dortmund. Um, and, 
yeah, whether that one happens or not, I think, uh, yeah, I think price will play a big, big part because, um, yeah, if I, I would be surprised if, if the asking price is that is, is as high as those, some of those reports are saying, then to me that, that, that just doesn't represent value. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, that, that's obviously one potentially for the, for the summer. Um, I don't think anything really will happen in January. I think. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, do you feel anything will happen in January? Do you think that, you know, is this one of these key moments where we, where we make a signing in January and it strengthens us for the, for the push towards the, the league, hopefully? It all depends on how our, how our Christmas period goes, but. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Klopp was being genuine when I asked him about it a few weeks ago and he said, Something crazy would have to happen. I think it was his choice of phrase, you know, in terms of injuries or suspensions to to to, to feel the need to dip into the market. Um, you know, I, I know people will point back to to the signing of Van Dijk last January, but you know that was a, a very different situation, really, because you know, Liverpool had yeah, that was six months coming. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was almost like Liverpool had served a, a five month ban before they could before they could finally get him, kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would be very surprised if we if we see much activity in January. I mean, I checked out the Dembele rumours that were that doing the rounds and were told that that he's not a player Klopp is is looking to bring in, whether that's January or next summer. So, um, what do you think the plans are for next summer? Then, do you think it's a straight up number nine? Do you think it's a number ten? Is it a, is it a, just a wide attacker who can play across the front three? Where, where do you think the the focus is going to be? Yeah, I think it would be at least at least one attacker, whether that's a, a, a number nine or, or 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 a more versatile one, one if not two. Just because I think you look at the, the current situation at the moment, and you know I think a couple of players will probably go out in January. One of which could well be Divock Origi. You know, Liverpool haven't hidden away from the fact that they're willing to consider offers for him. Um, although you know, I think. Is the wolves is the wolves interest in him genuine? Uh, you know, with the yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were very keen to buy him last summer, um, and you know, Origi wasn't willing to to go there. Which I, I wonder whether, with the benefit of hindsight, he regrets that because uh, you know he, he hasn't really had a look in uh, this season. So you know, Origi could move on. Then then obviously you've got the storage situation. You know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen in terms of with his. Um, his case with the FA at the moment, the misconduct charge, but also, you know, whatever happens with that, I, I'd be surprised if Sturridge was still a Liverpool player next season, just because. You know, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think he's done he's done really well. You know, take my hat off to him for what he's done to force his way back into Klopp's plans, and he's looked so fit and sharp and hungry in the early months of the season. But you know, he, he's had a contract in the summer, and I think. You know, a, a, a different situation, but similar in a way to what we saw with Emery Chan. That obviously, the nearer the nearer it gets to your contract running down, and you know, I, with the with the kind of deal he's on, you know, about was he 130,000 a week? I'd be surprised if Liverpool would be willing to match or improve those terms for someone um, who's effectively a backup option at the moment. It's it's kind of a catch twenty two, isn't it? Because if he has a if he goes on to have you know the remainder of a good season, but still feels he's clearly second fiddle to any of those front three, and and now even you know Shakiri is getting in ahead of him because we've changed the system to accommodate him. He might be saying to himself, "Well, I've proven I can do it, so why don't I go and do it week in week out somewhere?" And then if he doesn't get into the side, 
he's saying, well, there's no future for me here, so I may as well move on. So I, I, I'd agree with you on that. I'd probably see him going in the summer either way. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, you know, then you've got the financial, I think the financial side of it has to come into it that, you know, it, it is age, you know, you, you, he, he'd be able to pocket a, you know, a, a big, big signing on fee, um, if, if he went somewhere as a, as a free agent. So, um, he has West Ham written all over him, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me actually. Um, Jack Wilshire last summer, it was one of those ones you were just looking at going, if he doesn't end up there, I'll be absolutely amazed. And I feel the same thing about Sturridge brings him, you know, uh, brings him down to London, brings him to, to a club that's got a big fan base, a very partisan fan base in, in the sense that they do tend to get behind their players. And it, it might be actually a very good move for, and they, and they could, they could probably do with them. You know, they probably have Lanzini coming back at that point as well. But, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think we, we, we might see him there. Um, okay. Listen, I, I'm mindful of your time, but I want, I want to just ask you a couple, couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, when you were talking to Jurgen, cause you've spoken to him a couple of times now, um, over the last six months, has he given you any indication or has it been very, very tight lipped in terms of what happened with Buvac? <laughs> no, no, very, very tight-lipped. Uh, I think that would be an under- understatement. Um, I've, I've, I've brought it up a couple of times, and uh, on, on, on each occasion, I've been told that the, there's nothing. I think nothing to say about that. I think was the was the reply. Um, there's not many things that that Jurgen Klopp won't won't chat, um, you know, about extensively. But uh, yeah, that's that's one of them. I mean, you know. Clearly, clearly, Bovac is not coming back. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that you know if you look on Liverpool's website, he's still listed as as the assistant manager. Um, but I think you know I think that says a lot really about the fact that these things are in the hands of of, of, of lawyers in terms of sorting out payoffs and and severance package packages, yeah, and all that. Because, but by the same token, I think you know it's interesting that. Pep Linders, who's a very media friendly guy, hasn't actually done any media at all since, since he came back to the club. And, and, and that, that's, yeah, I mean, that's LinkedIn as well, because I think he knows that, you know, he can't, you know, any interview with Pep Linders realistically would include what exactly is your job title. And, 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 you know, officially at least, he, he can't, he can't be given Bovach's job title till Bovach is officially uh, no longer on the staff, so you know, clearly he's not coming back. I've seen so much of that about the fact we can no longer attack because Bovac isn't there, and 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 I've tried to point out that maybe the reason we we can now defend is because Pep Linders is there. If that's your logic for Bovac, it has to be your logic for for Linders as well, you know. So it's 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 ridiculous. It's it's clearly a change of system, a change of approach, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Um, you're spending a lot of time. You always do spend a lot of time watching the under twenty threes. Um, who, in your mind, because I saw you doing a thing with uh, Kiana Hover there. Um, I think I pronounced that right. I don't know if I have or haven't. But um, but yeah, you, with, with him as a as a really promising fullback, and, and obviously you're looking at other people like like Lewis. Um, who do you think is the most likely to maybe make the step up? Um, yeah, I mean, and obviously. Curtis Jones is, you know, is on the fringes already, isn't he? Really already, without having quite made that that final leap and, and made the debut. But you know, he he's one that there's been, you know, a lot of excitement about the academy for a number of years, and so he, you know, he's very very close. You're right, and you know, in that under twenty threes team, there's there's a couple really. I mean, yeah, Adam Lewis is probably the other one, another another scouser that 
especially with Moreno's contract being up at the end of the season, I think that there's a sense that you know, he he's got you know again it's not nailed on because it you know it's it's down to him really in terms of whether he wants it enough and whether his development is good enough in the next six months. But there's the opportunity there for Lewis to to prove that he he can be the the kind of the backup for Robertson and and compete with him. Um, and you know it's there's a there's a there's a you know you mentioned that uh, Kajana Hoover um, only 16 years of age you know and playing playing for the under 23s in Premier Two against Everton on Sunday and not only did he not look out of place he was one of the best players on the field and he, he's he's one to to definitely keep an eye on because um, you know I, I know in the summer when Liverpool signed him for Ajax there was a lot of you know excitement that they'd managed to. Uh, to, to get that one done, he was, he, you know, he was one of the the most highly rated young players at the Ajax Academy, which anyone will know has been a an unbelievable production line of talent for for many many years. So, um, yeah, he's you know he's he's come in and and kind of really hit the ground running for the 18s to the point that now he's uh, with the the under 23s. Uh, George Johnston, you know, a young centre back, you he, know, he, he, he's had a really good few months. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the under 18s with Barry, you know, Barry Lutus. I think you know, it's uh, got to give him a huge amount of credit. You know, some big boots to fill, taken over from Stephen Gerrard, but um, he, he's got the under 18s playing some uh, some fantastic stuff. And yeah, Bobby Duncan. You know, I think I think he scored 10 or 11 goals already this season. Um, yeah, he's another one to uh, to keep an eye on because you know, he, is, he turned down what what would have been a very lucrative contract for him at Man City um, be, because you know he's a boyhood Liverpool fan. All his his family are Reds, of course. He's Steven Gerrard's cousin, and was 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 desperate to to get to Liverpool and to and to try and make it there. So um, you know, again, I, I don't think he's one we're going to see. Suddenly, you know, getting getting thrown onto the bench for club. Listen, James. As always, I really appreciate your time. You've you've been more than generous with it tonight. I've really enjoyed having a chat with you about many different things, and uh, I think the listeners will will enjoy it too. Talk to you as always, and uh, and we'll get this out over the uh, over the next day or so um, for for all of our for all of our listeners. Thanks a million. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.